0: Yesterday, my son Levi was reading the scripture over my shoulder. That's sus, mom, he said. Do you all know sus? I'd like to pat myself on the back for being cool enough to know sus. He's right, though, isn't he? This scripture is real sus. Sus is short and slang for suspicious. Bones walking around everywhere, coming together, making noise. That's sus. Ezekiel is a Hebrew prophet who lived during the Babylonian exile. He's arguably the most eccentric that we have. He sees all kinds of visions, chariots, wheels, dry bones. He hears voices. He participates in dramatic performances. He lives in dirt for months. He shaves his head with a sword. He's strange and unworldly. And here we heard he recounts a vision where God plucks him up and puts him in the middle of a valley, a valley that's full of dry, dead bones. Sus. Then God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? To which he says in return, oh God, you know. And then what does God say back? Ezekiel prophesies to these bones, tell them that they'll be put back together, stowed up, stitched up. So Ezekiel does, and at first there's nothing, but then suddenly a, ra- a loud rattling, dust, and chaos, and the bones literally start coming together, like truly the James Weldon Johnson song: the hip bones connected to the thigh bone, the toe bones. I don't know how they all go, but that is that's the song. That's what's happening here. The bones are remembered, but there isn't quite breath in them. Just zombies walking around a valley. And then God says to Ezekiel again, prophesy again, breathe life into them. Ezekiel does, breath comes into them, and they stand on their feet. Reverend Dr. Wilda Gaffney is a Hebrew scholar and Episcopal priest. In her new book, Womenist Midrash, she talks about how we must, quote, Learn to look and listen for the word of God in between, over, under, behind, and beyond the words in the word. You wondered why I brought a real Bible today? It was for that right there. We must listen and look for the word of God beyond the words in the word. And so we ask today, what is the word of God beyond the word? Well, It's not that far of a jump. We don't have to imagine dry bones in valleys, do we? We don't have to imagine places that are void of life because there are a myriad of oppressive systems operating in the world that crush life in all its forms every day. We don't have to imagine valleys of dry bones when ongoing climate catastrophe in the the form of a tornado killed 23 people in Mississippi Friday, or when 22 senators in South Carolina recently voted for the death penalty for anyone who gets an abortion. You heard that right. We don't have to imagine dry bones when Manuel Ellis, Elijah McCain, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others could not breathe literally suffocated by state-sanctioned violence. We don't have to imagine valleys of dry bones when we are in year three of a global pandemic. That's taken the literal breath of 6,879,677 people and crippled thousands more. We don't have to imagine valleys of dry bones as our trans siblings are attacked. 150 anti-trans laws have been introduced into state legislators just this year. There's death all around us. Bones that need to be remembered. Bodies that are discarded, outcast, unloved. Valleys and rubble in war-torn countries come to mind, Ukraine, Palestine, Israel. And valleys of of dry bones permeate our history. We think of unmarked bodies found at former residential schools of indigenous children, the Holocaust, dry bones. March 25th, the anniversary of the Triangle Shirtwatch factory fire that killed 46 garment workers, the majority of whom were immigrant women and girls, ages 14 to 23 who died because of exploitative working conditions. Dry bones. When eight people were killed in a spa shooting in Atlanta, six of them Asian women, and since, violence against Asian women has been on the rise. Dry bones. When black siblings are killed in a racist attack in a grocery store. Dry bones. When this Women's Month in 2023, as Rio and Jackie reminded us, The average woman earns only 82 cents for every dollar earned by a white man. Black women, 60 cents, Native American, 57, and Latinx women, 55 cents. Dry bones. When in Women's Month in 2023, America is in a maternal health crisis. The maternal mortality rate rose by 40% last year, friends, and that is twice as high for black women. That's dry. When America is the only industrialized country without paid leave, dry bones. Friends, policies and systems become death-dealing when we fail to stop asking questions about why things are the way they are and how we might be part of just change, of bringing about liberation. When the evangelical Christian right co opts the very use of the word life, that's dry. That's so far from life. Liberation theologian Gustavo Gutierrez said that poverty is an early and unjust death. I don't have time to dig into all the vast economic injustice statistics because you all know what it is. It's dry bones. We know what the problem is. So what do we do? Ezekiel felt overwhelmed too, walking around in this. What, God? You're asking me if there can be life here again? With so much death, physically and in policy, in spirit and in mind? You're asking me if these stones can live? God, you know, Ezekiel turns it right back as both a prayer and an affirmation and a far-flung last resort. And what does God say that she knows in return? That it's us. Any wind of change, any breath, any hope is gonna come through you. It's gonna come through us. It reminds me of abolitionist Miriam Kaba when asked time and again, how are we going to solve the overwhelming social conundrums of today? How are we going to be safe without police? How are we going to pay for this or that? She says, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out together. This restoration of life is a mutual act. God plus Ezekiel divine agency plus human response. God does know. She knows that she is with us, calling us to be givers of life, restorers of the breach, midwifing life into dead bones. You, Pam. You, Beth. You, Jesse, Sarah, Skylar, Tina, Elizabeth. Everyone online, you, call these stones to life. And you do it because I live in you. Prophets, every one of you. Who are you thinking of that's called you to life? Breathed life into you when you were in a deep, dry valley. Put their name, their story at the forefront of your mind and carry it with you. Because as long as there have been valleys of dry bones, there have been everyday prophets. I'm talking about Harriet Tubman, who we're reading about on Wednesday night. You can join us if you'd like. Dolores Huerta, Dorothy Day, Grace Lee Boggs, Marsha P. Johnson, Achebe Betty Powell. I'm talking about Ida B. Wells, Frances Ellen Watkins Harper, Mary Church Terrell, Nanny Helen Burroughs, The latter, black suffragists who called the dead bones out on white suffragists like Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton and others as they chose their whiteness over their gender and did tremendous harm to the suffragist movement, fallacies not fully exempt from white women today. Sometimes we have to look at the whole valley and ask why the bones are the way they are, don't we? I'm talking about Nelba Marquez-Green, who will be at our Freedom Rising conference at the end of April, who, after losing her daughter in the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre, went on to found the Anna Grace Project, speaking new life of possibility in the literal face of death, everyday profits. I'm talking about Senator Michaela Kavanaugh. Have you all seen her? From Nebraska, who filibustered every bill brought to the floor for three weeks. (laughs) She took every, hour, every minute of her eight hours that she had because anti-bill, anti-trans bills were passed. Everyday profits, powerful profits. I'm thinking of the women who organized after the Triangle Factory fire for better working conditions and who every March 25th spread out across the city chalking the names of those who died on the sidewalks in front of their homes. Isabel Tortelli, 116 Thompson Street. 17 years old. Our own Katrina takes part in that annual chalking, I'm pretty sure. Everyday profits. I'm talking about the Chinese American Planning Council whose 80 year olds danced in the streets downtown yesterday for higher wages for home care workers. Everyday Prophets. I'm talking about the hundred-year-old Holocaust survivor who testified against book bans in Florida. Everyday Prophets. I'm talking about the dozens of you who participate in mutual aid with migrants. Everyday Prophets. I'm talking about the brave women leading the Women Life Freedom Movement that's erupted in the wake of the death of Masa Amini after she was arrested by Iran's morality police for improper veiling. Everyday Prophets breathing life into death. I'm talking about you. When you carry God's love, justice, and demand for liberation with you, to your school, your home, your work, your neighborhood, we need more of you for our earth, for our LGBTQ siblings, for our teachers and our librarians, for our elders and children, for our siblings of the global majority who live with the death tentacles of white supremacy. It's not always easy. When we're face to face with death, it can be scary. Think of that valley again. It's unpleasant. Maybe it's we, maybe it's I, who needs life breathed upon me. That's okay. Remember that we are not alone. There was an entire army of zombies who rose together in response to the spirit when writing about this scripture in fleshed commentary, asks an important question. What is the difference between pretending we are not in a valley and that the bones are not dead or accepting the valley for what it is and preaching in the midst of death? I'm gonna say that again. What's the difference between pretending we're not in this valley and that the bones are not dead or Accepting the valley for what it is and preaching amidst it anyway. I'll tell you what the difference is. We can no longer pretend that we're not in a valley of dead bones. The text tells us that God led Ezekiel through and through, around and round, hundreds of bones. The Hebrew is sabib sabid, around and around. So we've got to get in it. Look it in the face and be honest about what it is. There's too much at stake. We must preach life in the face of death. We must breathe the spirit into these bones because we know another world is possible. We must proclaim the impossible. Dream new dreams. Hatch plans for liberation. Put our communities, our very selves back together bone by bone, stitch by stitch, and infuse the spirit of the living God into every inch of creation. There's too much at stake if we don't. There's a poem by Maggie Smith, maybe you've heard it, it's called Good Bones, an excerpt. The world is at least 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children, plug your ears. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible. And for every kind stranger, there's one who would break you. Though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor, walking you through a real shithole, chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. Just as Yahweh asks Ezekiel whether the bones can live, God asks us, can these bones live? We could make this place beautiful. Ellie Wiesel, Holocaust survivor who made it his life's work to bear witness to the genocide committed by the Nazis said, every generation needs to hear in its own time that these bones can live again. In 2012, he gave a talk at the 92nd Street Y lecturing they, the survivors, in a very personal way felt resurrected from the dead. Didn't we or something in us die there? At that time, in that place of eternal darkness and silence, we lived not only with the dead, we lived in death. And when we arrived in France for refuge, I remember a man asked for the Bible. When it was given to him, surrounded by all of us, he began reading the appropriate chapter from the book of Ezekiel, the chapter of the dry bones. And someone whispered, Is it possible that the prophet had foreseen the concentration camp? No one dared to answer. But then another adolescent raised his hand and said, I will tell you what I think. I think that he, Ezekiel, was there together with us. Everyday prophets. Everywhere. Everywhere. God loves us enough to meet us in the valley, to restore even the dirtiest, stinkiest, most sus, most complicated bones, to work alongside us to usher in new life. Can these bones live? We could make this place beautiful. May it be so.